0: Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger. Who's got an ass that's out of this world? Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah. And her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride.
1: Well, giddy! although I suppose it's a good evening, everybody, seeing as it is uh, 730 on a Friday night here at the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. Yep, us wild and crazy vegan biatches know how to get lit here in Ottawa at the CHUO recording studio. Although in our defense, we are going for drinks, I think so anyway, after we finish up with today's podcast interview, which is very exciting. Either way,
0: this is actually fairly exciting for a Friday night for me. (laughs) I I gave up my social life a long time ago.
1: True. Well, you are a mom.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. I also feel like whatever animal I was in a past life, I was definitely one that hibernated.
1: Yes, good point. It's also way too frigging cold here in Ottawa to even want to do anything fun or cool. But of course, you freeloading... uh, Team J-O-T-B chicks are always down to get a free meal out of me post-recording, no matter what the weather is like or what time of day it is. Am I right?
0: Yeah, well, I'm not dragging my ass into the cold just to hang out with you.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. And screw you. Uh, but anyways, I am pretty excited about this week's podcast interview.
0: Me too. I've actually been been dying to meet Amy.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Help me, Amy Longard. You're my only hope
1: try my best try my best and actually amy i haven't introduced you yet so you're not allowed to speak yet
0: <laughs> i screwed that one up
1: yeah. anyways uh before i introduce amy our amazing guest who is obviously right here with us live in the studio I should mention that Amy, Amy Longard, is uh, actually a pretty big celeb here in the local Ottawa vegan scene. Not only is she a nutritionist and a vegan chef, but Amy also puts on a lot of vegan cooking classes. Before we even became pals, Sarah was constantly mentioning wanting to participate in Amy's vegan cooking classes.
0: And, And by mentioning, you mean harassing?
1: Yes, yet another freeloading attempt of yours. Apparently, it's my job to pay for Sarah to take these vegan cooking classes because I apparently (laughs) forced her to go vegan once she started working for me at Jacked on the Beanstalk.
0: Yeah, God forbid your fans hate your lowly vegetarian sister (laughs) and assistant. Yeah, on that note, we should probably change the, uh, the the blog posts that I've done that are titled The Lowly Vegetarian. Probably people out there hating on me right now.
1: But before we change that, if anyone listening is interested in reading any of Sarah's excellent blog posts, you can all do a search at jackedonthebeanstalk.com for The Lowly Vegetarian and check them out. My personal favorite is the one all about your experience with summer barbecues. And if anyone has not yet stalked my entire life story, I'm sure you all have. But uh, if you didn't know this, Sarah and I actually both went vegetarian at the same time back in 1990. Yeah, but I was the only one that went vegan in 2011.
0: Yes, I did not.
1: How long have you been vegan for now?
0: Maybe a year.
1: So happy vegan anniversary, Sari. Go to hell. (laughs) well i think it is about time that we do let amy talk yeah is she allowed to speak yet (laughs) (laughs) yes she is so without further ado allow me to welcome registered holistic nutritionist and plant-based chef right here in ottawa amy Lungard. I can speak now?
2: (laughs) Okay. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: (laughs) Thanks for being here. And just to give everyone a little bit of background... Amy got her RHN at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and her chef training at the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City. She then launched her Amy Longard Nutrition, where she now works with a lot of people on a one-on-one basis, in addition to hosting all kinds of classes and workshops like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Amy also does a lot of catering and meal prep services for families and busy individuals. And she's just an all round super awesome chick. So naturally, we had to have her on the podcast for our Mastering Meal Prep episode, which I'm very excited about. So let us all give a big warm round of applause for Amy Longard. So, Amy, <laughs> Amy, how long have you been vegan for? And maybe you could share your story on what made you jump on board the vegan train.
2: So for me, I'm, I'm just over about six years of being vegan. It was, you know, the typical vegan uh, story. I became vegan because of a dare. Is that typical? Really? No. No. <laughs> um, so long story short, I was in Costa Rica for a yoga retreat. And the owner of this, it was like, we're in the mountains, it was a raw vegan sort of yoga, hiking, surfing sort of thing. The owner of the the retreat, which was Farm of Life, he dared me to try vegetarianism because I was like, you know, we have to eat meat to survive. Like, that's what humans have always done. You know, this, this came without any research or any information about, you know, any knowledge on diets. But I was very convinced that, you know, we have to eat meat. That's what we're supposed to do just because. And he said, just try it. Just try vegetarian one month. And I knew at the time that I had a dairy allergy. It's something that had always been around, and I've always kind of neglected to deal with that allergy. I was tinkering around with soy milk and lactose-free stuff and trying different things. But I said, you know, because I like a challenge, I'm going to one-up you. I'm not going to go vegetarian. I'm going to go vegan for one month. (laughs) So came back to Canada, and then there began this one month of vegan, turned into another, and just kept going. And I've been vegan ever since.
1: Cool, I love that. Mm. And um, in your field... What would you say are the biggest struggles that your clients tend to face when it comes to healthy eating? And I should mention that Amy and I have joked before that we have a very different vegan clientele. I, as most of you listeners know, typically deal with vegans who are already eating relatively healthy um, and they're just wanting to go more hardcore, usually for aesthetic or athletic reasons, whereas Amy deals with a lot of clients who are just looking for more general guidance when it comes to their diet diet i.e. people who are making better food choices or learning to eat a more balanced vegan diet or people just looking to transition to a more plant-based diet are you talking about me right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much so amy i guess what i'm asking is what are your top three issues that seem to arise with the vegans that you work with in terms of not staying on track with their healthy eating So you kind of hit the
2: nail on the head. My clients are very more general, just looking to be healthier. Some of them aren't even actually vegan or vegetarian, but looking to incorporate more plant-based foods. But I do work with a lot of vegans who come to me and they're just like, how do I kind of refine this to be a bit healthier? And I guess one of the top challenges would just be prioritizing health because a lot of people have this goal that, well, I want to be healthier. And it's just coming to see me. It's like, you know, I'm going to come see Amy, so therefore I'm healthier, but it has to go beyond that, right? <laughs> like setting up the appointments, one thing, and then taking the stuff that I tell them to do and put into practice, that's a whole other thing. So it's just prioritizing that and, and realizing that, you know, cooking healthy food is the same to me, at equal value, if not more than going to the gym, than taking time for yourself. You know, it's all part of these, these health and wellness and sleep, drinking water, like there are all these little components and cooking has to fall into that category of priority. Like, well, most of us wake up and brush our teeth, right? It just kind of happens that way. Mm -hmm. Ideally, healthy eating would kind of come in that same vein in that, you know, you automatically brush your teeth Well, you automatically are thinking about grocery shopping, buying healthy food, cooking healthy food. So that priority has
1: to kind of come and it comes over time. And I love that you say that because I literally say the same thing about people getting their workouts in and my sessions that I do with in-person clients are 45 minutes, but I always go the full hour with them, and I will literally sometimes have people go, oh, well, I thought it's only supposed to be 45 minutes, and that's just so crazy to me, because it's like I'm giving you 15 minutes for free, but it's it just goes to show that to them, the step is, well, I, I have a trainer, so that's me being healthier mm-hmm. when it's, you know, no, the gym, just like healthy eating, should be a priority in your life that is just 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 as important as brushing your teeth or as anything else that is in your day to day. You make the time for those things because they are just as important. So I love that you said that. The other one is
2: protein and getting in plant based protein. So for people that are and and I know your audience will like this because I'm going to be talking about protein a bit. I don't generally worry or focus on protein as the primary thing. But a lot of people that are shifting to a vegan or plant based diet, they're basically kind of assembling a meal the same way as they would before they were vegan, but removing meat. So, you know, you'd say at one point in time, they maybe had a pork chop with some mashed potatoes and some broccoli and they just remove the pork chop. So my work with them is just teaching them how to, you know, reformulate a meal so that it's including a good healthy plant based protein as well. And in each meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner and even snacks, too. So learning how to add those things in and not just taking
1: out something that you used to eat and leaving this void. Of course, being a bodybuilder, have A similar approach where I always tell my clients who are scared that they're not going to get enough protein, especially if they're like a fitness competitor who's followed a meat heavy diet for years and suddenly they're trying to be a vegan bodybuilder. And it's like, no, I still eat like a typical meathead. I just replace all of the meat proteins with vegan ones. So that's awesome that you're saying that. So when you said you are replacing all the protein, you typically will recommend them having some kind of protein at every single meal
2: um yep awesome yeah
1: love that and
2: it's just something again like back to the whole prioritizing it's something you learn to do and do innately after a while because you look at your plate and you're like something's missing here right Mm -hmm. so I mean we're going to do that naturally at this point but when you're first learning it's kind of a hurdle to overcome for some people yeah so that's my second one And I also have another one for you. All right, let's hear it. So one thing I talk to people a lot about is micronutrients. And I don't really break it down, but we know our macros, right? And I'm sure your followers would be familiar with that. Mm -hmm. But when I say micronutrients, I'm talking about foods that are nutrient-dense. So it's not just eating vegan and you're going to be healthy, or plant-based, or whatever you want to call it, you actually need to seek out foods that are dense in nutrients. So looking to get in like leafy greens, foods with a variety of colors, different forms of healthy fats, different forms of healthy proteins. So really looking to get in those micronutrients as well, and not just thinking, I've got my protein, carbs, and fats. You really want to seek out foods that are going to give you like bang for your buck, like your leafy greens is the big one, you know, Mm -hmm. or cabbage, or bok choy, or colored greens, or Brussels sprouts, and making sure you're seeing those somewhere throughout the day as well.
1: When I'm writing meal plans for people, I don't just tell them to eat soy all day long. You know, there's tons of vegan protein options out there, and you definitely want to make sure that you're eating several different kinds. Same with vegetables. I'll tend to recommend green vegetables for the most part, but uh, maybe you could touch on why it's important to have different colored vegetables in your diet. It's, it's like
2: anything. They're all going to have different levels of nutrients and different kind of nutrients. And it's, you know how they always say eat the rainbow? Mm-hmm. And it's just because you're going to be getting in different phytochemicals, different micronutrients, vitamins, minerals. So the more you have, you're going to have a, a variety of things that are going to help keep you healthy and help you, you know, thrive in this diet. Faux show. Darn, I thought you were talking about
0: Skittles for a minute there. (laughs) Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) There goes our comedy (laughs) (laughs) sidekick in the corner here. Mm. Meal prep is obviously very important. And um, I know I typically will recommend to my clients that they do a full meal prep twice a week, at least once a week. How often do you typically recommend? Well, that's actually a good question.
2: I mean, it's something that most of us in nutrition or wellness, we're going to recommend meal prep. It's super important. So just because we are all so busy, and I think this comes back to the priority thing, because we're so busy, we don't have time to meal prep. But when you're trying to be healthier, you need to take that time and prep food. If this healthy food is not in your fridge, you're going to grab anything else you can. So you really want to have food, like whether it's in your, you know, your glass Tupperware stacked up in the fridge and ready to grab and go so that you're not like reaching in the cupboard and making Mr. Noodles or something. So you're setting, <laughs> you're basically setting yourself up for success and cooking is the, one of the most impactful things you can do to improve your health.
1: Oh, I did notice that Whole Foods the other day, they now make healthy, holistic soba ramen noodles. I saw those too. I actually tried them once. They're okay. They're yeah, pretty good. I bet. I used to love those. Remember, you'd crunch up the, the raw noodles and mix the salty flavor pack and shake it up. And that was like my day, daily lunch in elementary school. Mm. Can we eat those instead of me wasting $100 on you guys after? <laughs> no. Aaron, our producer, mm. is saying hell no. What then would a standard meal prep look like for you? And maybe you could give us some ideas that you would take typically recommend to your clients in terms of actual meal prep ideas?
2: I'm kind of following the same line as as you just mentioned. Like I at least twice a week I'm doing some sort of like big batch cooking. Usually on the weekends I'll go out and do the big the groceries. Like a big load we're spending like $150 for two of us, but we're getting a lot of groceries and we don't eat out much. So we go spend a bunch on the weekend, we get a bunch of fresh produce and we kind of go with something in mind that we're gonna cook we're usually thinking ahead. Although I love a good bargain, so I go right to the the bargain bin at Farm Boy. Or, oh wow! Yeah, I go there first, and if I see something that's interesting, you know, often I see organic greens like rapini. Um, so you, you
1: mean like where they literally the, the, the stickers that say fifty percent up? Yeah, <laughs> oh, apparently so, uh, Aaron, our producer, does that too. Yeah, no, it's ill. You can just go go and check.
2: (laughs) You know, it's worth it to do that, though, because you're going to save. A lot of times the organic stuff gets marked down quickly and you'll find tons of organic greens. And we go through a lot of leafy greens at our house. So I kind of make a little beeline there, see what's going on, and then I'll go around and get everything else that's on my list. Hmm. I try to go in with somewhat of a list because otherwise you're just throwing things in your cart and you have no plan. Mm -hmm. So I recommend making a plan. Like, go check what you already have in your house. Make a little list. Have your recipe in mind. Make the list based on that. Go to the grocery store with your list. It's very effective in getting what you need and not buying stuff that's going to go to waste in your fridge and just rot. So mm-hmm. go with the list. Um, awesome. And I'll do that the big one on the weekend. I'll do a big shop. And then throughout the week, I may pop into a health food store or the grocery store again another couple of times, depending on what I need, because we go through veggies fast in our house. So sometimes we'll eat through our whole week by like Wednesday or Thursday because we we don't eat out that much. So when I will usually do a couple big batches of things, something like a curry or, uh, you know, a lentil dish, making some sort of shepherd's pie, you know, different things like that. I have a big batch of something, but then we'll also do side dishes. And we love things like the sauteed leafy greens, Or maybe roasted veggies. So we'll do a huge tray of roasted veggies. So just side dishes that you can kind of pair with anything. But I definitely cook two to three, maybe four times a week. But there's only two that I'm really doing a big big cook where it's taking an hour or two to do stuff.
1: So you will typically make a recipe and a giant serving of it rather than like making one big pot of quinoa and then just kind of leaving that in the fridge. Well, I will do that as well because say you're making like a big curry or you're making some
2: other like dish with sauce you could always put it on quinoa, right? So mm. we'll usually make, you know, two, three cups of quinoa or a wild rice or whatever grain we're using.
0: What are your sort of best basic must-haves to be prepared at all times in the fridge?
2: So the must-haves. So for us, again, I keep saying curry, but we just make varieties of curry. Like one day it will be a green curry. One day it will just be a basic curry with some coconut milk and like curry powder. We'll do sort of an Indian doll style dish, which is like lentils with turmeric and cinnamon and different spices uh, but we love pasta sauces we'll do like a big lentil marinara sauce um shepherd's pies as well my husband loves doing those yeah we we have a lot of things we kind of cook on the fly though we're pretty creative between the two of us so we can look in the fridge and just whip up something because we have practice right so it's taken us a while to get there but now we can just look in the fridge and make something really good and without much thought
1: i know sarah is not big on the curries but the lentil marinara i bet would appeal yes Like just throw in straight up lentils into a tomato sauce?
2: Yeah, we do. We'll do a tomato sauce, but we'll basically saute some onions, garlic, whatever other veggies we have in the fridge, put the tomato sauce in, add lentils, and then you've got a pasta, like just put it on top of a pasta and put some nutritional yeast on top and you've got a pretty tasty meal
1: hmm. i've mm. never thought to do that with lentils usually i would do that with fake gr- you know ground beef type vegan protein or something like that we're big lentil fans in our house so we they are the highest protein of all the legumes everyone so i, I like, like that. the lentils
2: and you know for kids Who doesn't sneak yes. in the red lentils because they dissolve and you don't even see them
0: yeah mm. they're a little
2: bit lower in protein and fiber but you're still getting in like good bang for your buck food
0: good awesome. tip yeah and speaking of families, uh, for those of us who have them to feed, um, with
1: those, <laughs> as opposed to those who don't feed their families, <laughs> you're on your own uh, kids. No. I'm just
0: thinking of you single bastards. <laughs> um, yeah. With those <laughs> the grass
1: is always greener. Sarah. <laughs>
0: um th- would the meal prep staples change in any way like for instance i know like as a mom the best case scenario is a casserole you know you can make them ahead of time they freeze well but my kids you can't pay them to eat that and does uh,
1: anyone do casseroles since 1995
0: <laughs> <laughs> well shepherd's pie w- wouldn't that count as a casserole yeah yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, yeah i mean pad- like an all-in-one do dish.
2: in a big yeah in a big dish
0: yeah yeah that's what i yeah i don't know maybe i'm using mom's lingo casserole
2: i think you're like referring back to the old tuna casserole mm-hmm. days where you'd have a package <laughs> of something another package <laughs> of something and then you put some noodles and in and you're can, done
1: a can of uh cream was campbell's oh, cream, soup, of celery, yeah, cream
0: of no i guess i more so meant like sort of one of those all-in-one dishes Is there anyone that actually appealed to children? And don't play the mac and cheese card because my little kids... I've been forewarned about the mac and cheese.
2: (laughs) So I'm not going to throw down mac and cheese. Thing is, I don't have kids. So I cook just for my husband and I, which makes it a whole lot easier. Although he does eat like a teenager, which is a a lot of food. But I think you want to really do things in batch, of course, because you're limited in time. You're already cooking. And when you are cooking, it's so much easier to scale up. So whatever you know they like, scale it up. Don't just make one double triple just so you have more mm-hmm. um but things like a sauce a pasta sauce ev- all kids love pasta yeah no, so just playing one. around with that i have a really good cauliflower alfredo sauce so delicious mm-hmm. so i'll have to give you that later
1: yeah maybe you could give us that recipe and we'll include it in the show notes i for should this it's so episode. good
2: Something like a lasagna, and you could do some sort of tofu ricotta in there just to add protein, add some sneaky beans in there if they like lasagna. It's a little bit more work for you to do lasagna, Mm -hmm. but if you make a couple big trays, you know, freeze one, eat one that week, everybody loves enchiladas. This is mm-hmm. a huge hit. So I make enchiladas at a lot of my my cooking things, like whether it's a cooking demo or with my, I have private clients that I cook for each week. I, I make them enchiladas quite frequently because they all love them. Right. So you have a tortilla and basically I'd cook up some like pinto beans or black beans, mix it with sweet potato and cilantro, just a few spices. And then you coat it with, uh, you could even use a tomato sauce, like plain tomato sauce or a pasta sauce from a jar. And then I make a cashew sour cream put that on top Mm. delish it's really good i mean with kids too you have to be sneaky so things like avocado pudding i know a lot of parents do that or they'll make little healthy green muffins and they call them like hulk muffins with spinach mix you know you have to kind of play around with things (laughs) and make them more exciting and connect them to things that kids already like hummus black bean dip kids love hummus love to dip things yeah they love to dip things so you could do maybe a, a like a tofu ranch dressing something a little bit more exciting. But I mean, kids often will take, you know, the veggies and dip them in the hummus and not even eat the veggie. But hummus is a really healthy food. So if that's the way you're going to get them to eat some protein and some healthy carbohydrates, that's, that's great.
1: Yeah, while we're on the whole ways to sneak in vegetables topic... Now, I will be the first to admit that I know my recipes probably don't appeal to children. No,
0: they don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but for any adults listening who aren't huge on veggies or perhaps my competitors or dieters out there who are trying to keep their calories low but feel like they want to eat more volume, I know I talk about this quite a bit when I give talks at vegan expos and whatnot, but I am big on volume eating, so if Say, my carb portion for a meal is limited to like a quarter or half a cup of oats. What I'll do is I'll grate half a zucchini into it to create more volume. And uh, it makes you feel like you're eating a big bowl of oatmeal. And I swear, you cannot even taste it. And I always say zucchini is such a good vegetable to sneak into desserts because it has such a mild taste. So I was wondering, Amy, do you have any ideas for stuff like that? And maybe not just necessarily for kids, but anyone who's looking to uh, do the whole volume eating Well, this is a really new question for me. I haven't had this kind of question before and I've
2: done a few podcasts now. So this one had me kind of putting on my creative thinking hat what I would recommend would be to kind of load up on water rich vegetables that are lower in calories and obviously high in nutrients so something like cauliflower mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. people do the cauliflower mash that's delicious cauliflower rice also
1: amazing you can do so much with cauliflower do you, do you know what that is okay. or I do uh, I make sauces out of steamed cauliflower all the time or you can even make ice cream out of frozen cauliflower
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so... very
1: kid-friendly mm. <laughs> You should try it and see if it works no it's it's not I how about next week I'll bring it for everybody let's see what they think
2: can't wait yeah. uh, and also like cabbage is a good one to use I know people slice cabbage up thinly and use that instead of of pasta
1: yeah now cabbage does have
2: a strong taste so you wouldn't mm. be able to sneak it into your oatmeal or anything it's but a little farty so. you know you can <laughs> you can saute it down and it makes a really nice base for you to throw you know your 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 lentil marinara could go on top of, of the oh, sliced cabbage. so you cabbage. would cook it right down thin to it, nothing? Yeah, thin, like cut in thin slices, put it in your, saute it in a pan, it will kind of shrink down, and then throw your pasta sauce on. I'm gonna try this, everyone. Stay tuned. And then there's all, obviously, like everyone knows spaghetti squash. That's a nice one to use. Mm-hmm. I love using that. It tastes yep. so good. Yep. Um, yellow squash is another one. I don't know if you've used that. It's very similar to zucchini. And it's going to come up a lot in the summer. A lot of farmers grow that here in Ottawa. Yep. It's kind of, it has, it looks like a little like mini goose because it's like yellow and it's kind of curved. Do you know which one I mean? Oh, yeah, I do. It's really good. Really good roasted. Yes, so good on the barbecue or you could just throw it in the oven. It's a really versatile squash as well. So those are things that I would try if I was looking to
1: kind of bulk up. So, okay, let's talk about protein. Now, I know you mentioned some good ideas with the tofu ricotta, and I always say that tofu is super versatile and you can do so much with it. Uh, For instance, I will bake it, I will air fry it, saute it, blend it into sauces or desserts even. Uh, Definitely a good way to up your protein intake. So, Amy, do you have any other favorite tofu recipes that would appeal to our meatless meathead listeners or sarah's pain in the ass kids well
0: (laughs) i'm gonna assume you mean that in the most affectionate way
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i guess um i i don't know if this one would work with your kids but i love crispy peanut baked tofu so it's a minimalist baker recipe it's so delicious so you make a sauce and you kind of coat the tofu in the sauce and you bake it's it's delicious you got some peanut butter in there Yeah, you got some peanut butter. (laughs) And I said tofu ricotta before, and that's a really delicious one. It just adds protein to some dishes that may not have as much, like, say, a pasta dish. I just love slicing tofu really thin and kind of marinating it with a bit of liquid smoke, maple syrup, tamari. And you've got kind of your vegan bacon, but a little bit of more protein-rich than, say, using coconut bacon. I mean, put in a sandwich with avocado, a little bit of vegan mayo, and some tomato Delish, yummy, Yum. Tofu scramble. Do, oh, do yeah. your kids like that though?
0: Not the tofu scramble, no. And yeah, if I if I try and give them tofu, it's like what you said. It has to be very thinly sliced, and and, and yeah, like the the big chunks of just wet eraser. No, nope. yeah, no kid <laughs> wants to eat that.
2: And there's tofu cheesecake. You can do something cool like that and make it sort of a healthy cheesecake. I
1: actually came across a tofu cauliflower ice cream recipe on Instagram the (laughs) other day.
0: Who the hell is eating that? (laughs) Aside from, was it your Instagram?
1: (laughs) No, but it was another vegan fitness freaks. So there's others like you out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to make some for next time you come over, Sarah, and you can let me know what you think.
0: Mm, Nothing like cold farts in a bowl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll report back on how that one goes. And I will be sure to share that recipe on the blog, everybody, if it is tasty. It won't be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sarah, do you have any other questions for Amy? Amy?
0: Well, that actually, I it made me think about transitioning the rest of the family. You, you mentioned that at the beginning. Um, I, I feel like my poor kids, they've kind of been, my eight-year-old, for example, he has this idea that vegan food is just weird and gross because of what he's seen Aunt Sam eating. <laughs> and even though I've tried to tell him that, you know, Aunt Sam doesn't eat normal food, she's just weird and gross. <laughs> um I will eat whatever I need to eat because it's good for me, you know, but you can't really sell that to kids. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, yeah, though, the wet eraser, it's, it's a good source of protein. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not flying. So, I mean, like my family is pretty much vegetarian, but cutting them off from everything and going full vegan has not been a very successful approach. So how can I transition the rest of the family without them feeling like they're missing out on something?
2: Yeah, I think this is something a lot of parents struggle with, especially because, say, for example, so many people are watching movies like What the Health, Food Inc., or whatever they're watching that's kind of getting them onto the plant-based foods. and But their kids, are they have to feed these children. Mm-hmm. So um, it's tough, though, for people. But I think what you want to do is look at what do they already like and is there a way you can veganize it? Like, what do they already eat? And is there a way you can make something familiar to them? So, one of the things with vegan foods is that a lot of it looks unfamiliar, looks weird. Like, tofu does kind of look weird. (laughs) I mean, little cubes. It took me a while. What's their favorite food?
0: Actually, oddly enough, a couple days ago, I had them both. They both took extra servings of tofu, and I was like,
2: yes, And what format was it in?
0: Um, It was sort of like an Asian uh, style, and yeah, and I mean, I... I marinated it and then I fried it and I, I actually baked it and like I did whatever I yeah. could to, you know, get the texture so that it was... And it was it was very small and, and again, it was like little tiny squares and something mm-hmm. that kind of appealed to them. Like my daughter, she could be vegan no problem. She loves tofu, she loves tempeh, mm-hmm. but my son is a little harder to sell.
2: Well, once you get kind of these small wins too, you want to take that and run. Like if you see them like zoning in on something that they really like... You can make that again and try to modify it, try to slowly keep building from that. So if they're eating that, then maybe throw in, saute in some leafy greens at the end and see if you can kind of get them to eat that along with the tofu. Things like that, kind of building on what they already like. And if they're into Asian dishes, maybe you could spread out to something a little bit different and maybe doing like a hot and sour soup where you could throw in greens there or cabbage into that, you know, like find which tastes they're picking up on. I think with kids, it's like solving a mystery sometimes because every day they change and they like something new though, which is also a problem for a lot of parents, but finding what they do like and getting them involved and getting them to come to the grocery store with you and pick what they want. Take them into the produce section be like, which vegetables do you like? We're going to use those in cooking and have them participate and help you because when they are committed to at least getting their hands in there and cutting things up, it's amazing what kids will eat. And I've done cooking lessons with children where we were doing rice wraps so the fresh you know the fresh spring rolls and these kids were out in the community garden picking the stuff from the garden and they were eating like all these vegetables they were eating purslane I don't know if you know what that is Mm -hmm. it's like this succulent thing that it's it's kind of a wild growing um, succulent that's very nutritious it's actually has omega-3s which is cool for plants but these kids were eating this random thing they picked from the garden like Uh, they, They ate kind of all the vegetables because they were cutting them. I had them slicing them. I had them make a peanut sauce. Well, actually, I think it was a sunflower seed sauce. We couldn't do peanuts, but they made their own sauce. They were grating the ginger and using a microplane grater. They were chopping the garlic. You know, they were involved. And because of that, a large majority of them actually ate it, and they were getting to pick whichever vegetables they wanted to put in.
0: Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, because I've noticed they are more willing to eat things when they've been part of the, the preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it
2: does take longer. And that's one of the things I think as parents, you need to yes. be really patient. And it, there's more mess in the kitchen. They're yeah. really slow. You're watching yeah. they don't chop their hand <laughs> off. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's a learning process. And you're giving them skills that will help them out in the future. So at least they'll be comfortable cooking. So they'll be better cooks than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's confidence well, too, right? And like it, it's a learning process. And you gain confidence as you go along. So get them started early
0: and then in a few years they can just cook for me. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Isn't that the hope? Yeah. That's why you have them. You train them to do
2: these things
0: <laughs> rubbing your feet and yeah. mowing yeah. the lawn, whatever. Have you been talking to my husband? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Well, I think I need to reel it in here, ladies, because uh, it's important to remember that many of our listeners are fitness freaks like me. And quite frankly, I'm growing tired of listening to us talk about children. So how about let's talk about All of the fitness freaks who say they are switching from a heavy meat based diet to a vegan bodybuilding diet. Something that I encounter a lot is that it is such a huge change for bodybuilders who go from eating like 12 eggs a day and three servings of dead fish or eight chickens. I'll often get asked, you know, about these faux meat substitutes as viable protein options. And I guess this goes for kids too. A lot of kids have no problem eating the fake chicken fingers or the little neat balls or whatever, because they are highly processed and they're extremely palatable. Of course, I have my own opinion on this, but I'd love to know your thoughts, Amy, on the fake meats and how often do you eat them or how often do you suggest these to your clients and maybe some things that we should consider when choosing to eat the fake meats.
2: I never really recommend them to clients. Because one of the things I tend to do is I focus on different plant-based proteins. So say tempeh, tofu, lentils, split peas, chickpeas. However, I'm not against them. It's just that I want people to be using whole foods first. If I'm out and I'm at a cool restaurant, then they're serving some sort of seitan chicken wing. I'm going to try it because it's something I'm not going to make that often. Now, I have made at home um, sausages with Vital wheat gluten and... Wheat loaf, or whatever you call it. I've made these things, so I've done it as well. I just don't eat them very often. I mean, when I go to a barbecue, everyone's having sausages. I'm going to bring Gusta sausages or field roast because you want to kind of fit in with what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm not opposed to them by any means. I just would encourage people to experiment with other things when they're doing their cooking at home because it's super easy to add lentils in. It's much easier than you think if you're somebody who's out there listening and never uses lentils. It's very easy. And you can start by using them from a can and then learn how to cook them on the stovetop. Well, they're
1: also really easy to cook in comparison to all of the beans. They are definitely the quickest cooking. And with the Instapot, anybody out there who is on Team Instapot, you can make them in no time. So fast. Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I could definitely understand sort of the appeal of the fake meats, especially for somebody who's transitioning from, you know, carnivore to vegetarian or vegan, but or even somebody who hates to cook, speaking of which. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering if you have any tips on maybe how to, you know, not want to stab yourself with the chef's knife uh, every evening when you have to prepare a meal. You know, and it doesn't even have to be easy meals. I just want to learn how to not hate cooking since i have to do it every day for the rest of my life
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love cooking
2: i do too it's kind of relaxing that's why i hate
0: you both
2: (laughs) well okay so cooking it is it's a it's like a labor of love and especially it it takes a it's a lot of work it is a lot of work but you can make it easier for yourself so i have a few tips one of them you i will see if you're into this So I really, really recommend taking a knife skills course. It's like one night you learn how to chop vegetables and you learn how to do it efficiently and fast. And I also recommend on sort of that same token, having a really kick-ass chef knife Like I bought my husband a Japanese forged chef knife. Like it looks like a samurai sword. (laughs) When I bought him that, I came home that evening and every vegetable in the fridge was chopped up and like layered in like multiple Tupperwares because he was loving it. So get yourself a really good chef knife, not only because it looks cool and it's fun to play with, but it's actually safer and more effective for cutting veggies. And when you're on a plant-based diet, you're of course eating a lot of vegetables. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a good tool to process them. And speaking of processor... I recommend having a food processor. Do you have one at home? I do because Erin gave me one. And, <laughs> and it's honestly, that's going to save you a lot of time. I don't know if you're utilizing it to its full potential, but food processor you can use to literally dice up. Like if, if it's calling for diced onions or celery or carrots throw them in the food processor, pulse, 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 you're done. You have everything chopped in like three seconds. You can also grate things. You can also shave things. So if you're calling like it's a a slaw, you can throw your whole cabbage through there in like literally less than a minute. So things like using a food processor to make things faster, it's efficient, it's easy, you're not going to chop your finger off or stab your eye by accident. Like it's very easy and safe. <laughs> so, if you don't have a good one, listeners out there, definitely get a food processor. It's one of my top things to have in the I kitchen. I feel like
1: it's a vegan must-have. Yeah, you say, have to. Yeah. A good blender, a good food processor, and you're you're set. Well, especially for all those protein balls we're eating, all you vegan meatheads out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Sarah reminded me of a question. So for those of us who do like cooking but tend to stick to really bland and boring macro-friendly meals and recipes, I always find that my struggle is when I'm trying to impress non-vegans with my cooking Sam
0: gives vegans a bad name. I, for the longest time, I I was completely unaware that vegan desserts could actually be delicious, <laughs> because like the ones I, the only ones I ever tried were these cookies or balls that looked <laughs> like animal droppings.
1: Remind and- me to never give you a cut of my ebook sales. <laughs> um, but anyways, thank you, Sarah. But my question is. Amy, what healthy meal ideas would you suggest for us to make if we wanted to impress other people or say our non-vegan friends with our delicious vegan cooking skills?
2: So are you too familiar with the bowl thing like everybody's doing buddha bowls nowadays? Mhm. This is huge. I'm telling you I cook these all the time at yoga retreats or friends coming over. You basically just cook up, you know, sweet potatoes with some chili spice, have a bit of massaged kale, a little bit of quinoa at the base, some chickpeas. The key is with any bowl is that you need a really, really good sauce. So I always do like an amazing tahini sauce with tahini, tamari, some ginger, some garlic, some lemon, apple cider vinegar, whisk it up in the blender. If you have a good sauce, people will basically eat anything. (laughs) So bowls are an opportunity to get in a lot of veggies that are healthy and drizzle a delicious sauce on top. And then if you want to decorate it, put some sprouts on top, sprinkle some hemp hearts. And it looks pretty, so it's kind of appealing to the eyes as well. And then when people bite into the food and they just get a little taste of this tahini sauce, they're sold. And I can't tell you it surprises me all the time how much people like this. Like I've given Boodle bowls to people like children, to
1: seniors. People love it. Boodle good bowls. Idea. I do have a really good bowl recipe. Balls and bowls. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to go back to the meal prep topic, especially because a lot of our jacked on the beanstalk stock clients they don't do soy and I know there are probably a lot of uh, soy free listeners of the show but still want to keep it high protein and also for any of the raw vegans out there do you have any meal prep suggestions for the raw vegans or the soy free vegans listening so for the raw vegans you definitely have to focus on the
2: nuts and seeds So if either of you've ever eaten it at a raw restaurant or made some raw meat, there's a lot. It's very heavy on nuts and seeds. Um, And adding in things like hemp hearts, they're going to be a bit of a higher
1: protein uh, seed. And Um, be sure to clean your teeth after you mm -hmm. eat at any raw vegan restaurant. (laughs) Not (laughs) recommended to go on a first date at a raw restaurant, guys.
2: I feel like you have experience with that. I I do. (laughs) You know, and and you can actually do sprouted. I, I think for anyone doing raw, they could sprout pulses. Those are nice nutrient-rich plant-based protein. Mm-hmm. And just when you're staying away from soy, you've got to also focus on pulses for that reason. And just in case I haven't mentioned this, pulses are split peas, lentils, chickpeas, and beans. I think you did a whole episode on farts, so I'm sure those those appeared <laughs> a few times. So th- yeah, those are the gassy ones. But once you start getting used to them and eating them more and more, your your body adapts to them. And those are really good source of protein. Looking to add in high-protein grains like quinoa or buckwheat, kind of compare those with your pulses and you're, you're getting a lot of protein. What are your thoughts on millet? Millet? I like millet. I've actually used it to make a really great tabbouleh. So it's like a gluten-free tabbouleh. It's, it's pretty versatile. If You're kind of swapping out, um, say, bulgur, which would have gluten. So a lot of my clients are avoiding gluten and you could switch in millet instead.
1: Okay. Because I heard that millet is excellent for hair growth and if you guys listened to our episode last week on uh, my beauty tips and natural ways to grow your hair, millet is another one. Get it in ya. Try She's it She's actually
0: got it all over her
1: head right now. It's a crown of millet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you know
2: that mushrooms are actually high in protein? I did. So there, throw some mushrooms in everything you're doing. I generally would cook mushrooms a bit, but you can put them into a, a dehydrator and make some nice little patties with them and walnuts, whatever, if you're doing raw food. Or I find you can dehydrate
1: mushrooms with Bragg's liquid aminos or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of an acid. So you'd put some lemon in there to kind mm-hmm. of cook it. And then you can make like a good crunchy topping for salads or, or, and stuff like, like that. Like a shiitake bacon. What's your fave mushroom to cook with? Oh
2: gosh, I don't know. I do like shiitakes and my father-in-law actually grows them. You can look up how to grow them. You actually pl- take a log and plug it with little it's like these little inoculated wine cork Mm. and you put it in a log and then douse it into a a bathtub and then
1: lay it against a tree (laughs) three weeks later you've got yourself shiitakes maybe that can be a youtube video we attempt (laughs) imagine that'll be ec3 in my next uh youtube (laughs) we're making shiitake mushrooms everybody in ec3's bathtub (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think that gives us plenty of awesome useful info to go kill our vegan meal prep with so amy thank you so much for all the tips and ideas those are awesome if our listeners want to follow you or get in touch with you how may they do that it's under amy longard i'm
2: on facebook i'm on instagram i'm on twitter and linkedin all all the social stuff but just head over to my website amylongard.com and you can connect with me that way Awesome. Well, thanks
1: for being a part of the show. Thanks for having me. Well, it is now time to read our review of the week. First, I would just like to say a huge thanks to two of our listeners. The first is Jessica, who helped me realize that I can only see the iTunes reviews that come from our fellow Canadians, eh? So apparently there is a whole bunch of reviews from our amazing American listeners, but because I am in a different country, I only have access to the reviews that are from other Canadians. So I just wanted to say I'm really sorry to the 26 people in the United States who has, who have left us reviews and have probably been wondering when the hell we were going to read them.
0: Or why we keep harassing everyone for reviews when they've been giving them all along.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, no, I don't really feel bad for the harassment because the more reviews we have, the more awesome our podcast can be. Nevertheless, Jessica shared a screenshot with me of her review. So I think it's only fair that we read hers this week. So, uh, And she's super cool. So thank you, Jessica and Sarah.
0: Listener feedback.
1: I am so happy Sam and
0: Sarah bring this fun way of looking at being vegan and all round happy and healthy to a podcast form. I had been previously reading the Jacked on the Beanstalk blog after starting lifting as a vegetarian and was so excited when I found Sam's work in podcast form. This show brings something a little extra to the table by having sarah along for the ride i love her realistic perspective and their relationship reminds me of me and my sister thank you guys for all you do for the health arena
1: good job sarah i should also (laughs) mention i also wanted to mention that I could only see what was shown in the screenshot that Jessica sent me, and her review was actually longer than that, but nevertheless, <laughs> thank you, Jessica. And a big thank you to Local Ottawa Vegan. You came up to me in the gym today and said you recognized me and listened to the podcast, and that was quite the ego boost. So nice. shout out to you. I know you're listening. Thanks for pumping up my tires in the gym today. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> She does dig you, too, Sarah. She did mention that oh, Thank as well. you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What song are we singing? Yeah. Do
0: you have any idea how hard it was to find a song that worked? <laughs> About meal prep? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know. <laughs> the things that I was looking at, I went all kinds of ways. I was doing like Stir It Up by Bob Marley. Good Considered idea. the chopping broccoli. Dana Carvey parody <laughs> <laughs> I think what we, we agreed on after my very angry email I sent you was Step by Step by New Kids on the Block.
1: Well, I love Amy. We are the same age, so I'm sure you are familiar with New Kids, although they were a little a little before our time. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they
0: were our day though, Erin, eh? I like Donnie. I like the bad boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amy, are you going to sing with I'll us? I'll try. Step by step oh baby gonna get to you girl step by step oh baby really want you in my world step one 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 we can have lots of fun step two
0: there's so much we can do
1: step three it's just you and me
0: i just like to point out that your step three with jordan it (laughs) <laughs> it was supposed to be much higher that is that in his, you know.
1: It's just you and me yeah, yeah, Step
0: 4 I can give you more
1: Step 5 Don't you know that the time is right <laughs> <laughs> <Du-du-du-du-du-du-du-du. laughs> Alright well that's it for this week Hope you enjoyed the episode guys Everybody have an awesome week We will be back soon Shorky Sisters out I know